I think communication is essential when it comes to music yeah. production. If you're working as a freelancer, um, yeah, especially because, if there's so many people involved in the project, I think it gets even harder. Yeah, you just have to be able to communicate really well, and to be, yeah. you have to be confident that, like, like I say to lots of people, like, I'm going to throw twenty ideas at, at you, and nineteen of them are going to be terrible. And tell me the ones you don't like. Don't worry about offending me because yeah. I have no yeah. emotional attachment to these things. Like. <laughs> We will get there much quicker if you tell me what you do and don't like. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to take it personally. I won't be offended. Uh, it's just I need to figure out what it is you want so I can uh, give that to you. Um, that, so that's yeah, that's that's the way I view these projects. That, that type of thing doesn't scare me, no, not at all. Secrets podcast. Today, I have an amazing guest for you. Um, he's actually a freelance platinum music producer that has done many things as like advertising for campaigns, like remixes. You have a, a project going on that's called A Thousand Beasts, which we'll talk about later why it's called that way. And you've also done the Dublin New Year's Festival for 2019 and 2020, and probably like 21 if there wasn't uh, COVID. But <laughs> but everyone, please welcome Kian. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you very much. How's it going? Good, good, good. I'm just, I'm excited because I, I usually don't really get nervous, but with this one, I kind of am because I'm just so excited for you to be on the podcast because I've been following you on Instagram. I'm like, this dude is amazing like hopefully like I'll, I'll wait a little bit and just kind of see what he's doing <laughs> and then maybe if the podcast grows uh you know he'll want to be on here so thank you really that's my pleasure absolutely thanks for asking me <laughs> um for those that don't know who you are um just give us a, a walkthrough of you know start at the very beginning if you want um you know what got you into music and into like all these amazing well it feels like you're doing everything as a producer from like doing remixes yeah. or all these projects and like festivals and stuff like that um so who is kian and where did it all start uh that's a great question so uh my name is kian i am irish i am from a place called cork in yeah. ireland which for your german listeners i think is the equivalent of munich to, uh, it's like the second city, but it's a very proud second city in Ireland. Uh, we're incredibly proud, so much so that everybody else in Ireland takes the mickey out of us. And um, yeah, I'm a musician, so I'm probably most well known for my own project, my own freelance project, which is called 1000 Beasts, which is where I collaborate with different singers on, well, it started off where I collaborated with different singers on every release uh on re every release i put out and uh yeah and i also work as a freelance musician a freelance music producer so i'm like a session musician as well and like a musical director and pianist and all sorts of things and even during the pandemic i actually started doing a little bit of lecturing so it's all sorts of random things wow. but uh yeah that's me yeah <laughs> yeah so where did that journey start from were you always into music or was it like yeah i think my mother was a music teacher um oh, okay <laughs> I think i've been learning piano since i've been four or five i've been getting piano lessons so piano is my first like wow. uh language i suppose and um yeah i i was i did all my grades we have a grade system here and i did all my grades and i learned piano the whole way through and then about the age of maybe 13 or 14 i started learning guitar 
and it just started it kind of went from there i got into a few bands and i was playing with stuff and then it came to the time of my leaving cert here which is kind of the equivalent of your a levels or your um you know the kind of when you get to the end of school and you're deciding what to do when you get to college and there's a few different options and i never really thought about it i was always very good at music like in school never really thought about it and i could have gone for like a proper degree but i think my mom just was like you may as well go for music and uh yeah and that was it i just did a degree we have a really good music college in cork called the cork school of music which is uh, i'm biased but it's probably the best one in ireland uh which was very handy and uh it's the largest order of steinway pianos ever ordered anywhere on the planet it was to the school of music in cork so i think there was something no like 60 or 70 steinway grand pianos were ordered when the place was built yeah. and it was just open when i was there and yeah i went there and it was amazing it was a degree in music so it was actually mainly classical music mm-hmm. um but i went in there i always kind of wanted to be a producer my main interest was in making music like producing it um even though i loved performing but uh making music was what i really wanted to do so i kind of went in there a bit niche i played piano i was really good at kind of harmony and orchestration and all the classical kind of aspects of that regard but i had a real focus on electronic music production or producing using like digital means like using laptops and ableton and whatever and nobody else was really doing that at that time i'm actually really old i'm nearly 30. Uh, i look like i'm about 12 but i'm 30. yeah Yeah, i never guessed (laughs) i started that i started that degree in 2010 and back then it's funny like in 2010 youtube was obviously a thing but i don't think the kind of educational side of youtube was a thing there wasn't as many resources when it comes to like learning how to produce or like i'm so jealous now if i was like 18 or 19 now and i had stuff like splice and i had like youtube tutorials and all these things like I would know so much so quickly back then it was all a bit new and I kind of had to figure it all out and I was kind of the first one in the college to do that but thankfully I had two or three lectures in there who um just enabled me to do it and yeah I went on and did that for three or four years and then at the end of it I was like I really want to like zone in on like music production and stuff I decided to go to London and I did a master's in audio production in the University of Westminster and the moment I flew on the plane to England I started getting my first jobs in Ireland as a freelance music like player so then i had to fly back to ireland every like two or three weeks to do gigs so i was working as like a musical director on a tv program here called the voice and then i was working as like started playing with our national orchestra as like i used to do the kind of synths and keyboard bits if we did any kind of like any funky gigs or anything like that and that's where the career started and uh yeah from there then that was maybe 2014 2015 um i just started falling in with loads of different session musicians and or sorry loads of different music artists um and i would i basically toured the world for three or four years as a pianist and as a musical director so from really random acts from people who like huge irish american acts like celtic thunder or damien mcginty who was on glee um stuff and very famous kind of irish acts like the blizzards for instance um loads of stuff for jenny green who's here in ireland and then i would have gone as far as field as like australia um i did a few tours in germany and uh yeah that was that was um that was it and then but the whole time i was producing my interest or the whole time i was touring and and uh being a session musician being a pianist my main interest was in learning how to produce Uh, and i was always behind like the back of the tour bus with my laptop like like producing ideas and stuff and that's kind of where uh, i suppose i used that time to kind of develop and learn i think so it was like a on the side kind of thing that you were like learning every like the production side yeah i think like 2014 2015 i kind of learned in a bubble in the sense that like there wasn't i had to teach it to myself all of it there wasn't the resources there that there were now as i 
progress i keep finding more and more tools that make it easier to learn but like back then i kind of had to teach myself how to use a compressor and like how eq worked and what the optimum loudness for something was and like different file formats and like uh, like just training my ears to hear like the difference between a good sounding kick drum and a terrible sounding kick drum or you know all those things and like learning creative choices which i think come with time and like your taste obviously evolves but um like even if i listen back to stuff that i worked on in 2016 or 2017 like a cringe i'm like oh that's awful um <laughs> and now you 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 do but you you i feel like you always progress you always get better um you get more confident and you also relax i'm much more relaxed now i'm producing i'm much more confident in like the decisions i've made but i had to teach myself in the sense that like youtube tutorials and stuff became really big in my learning around like 2017 2018 but before that there wasn't really the resources the only things that you could learn on youtube was like how to make edm or something like that <laughs> like avici like tutorials or whatever you know <laughs> now you can look up anything you want like literally the anything. stupidest of thing like so if I don't know how to do something, I'll type it into YouTube and yeah. nine times out of 10, the answer's like tons of tutorials for sure. Like I feel like it's nowadays, it's so much easier, so much easier to be a air quote musician. Like you can even like, you don't even have to know an instrument anymore. Like this is so like just use splice for example like all the loops are in there all the one shots or whatever you need like if if you know how to use a dot program or like whatever um even if you just uh use a midi controller like the pads that you use all the time um from is it roland do you use roland or you use a different uh, i use loads to anything anything i have that works anything like, that can press a button <laughs> yeah i have the launch pad so i have yeah. the, the novation launch pad i have that yeah. down here oh, yeah. i have like the mini one yeah that's what i have the, and then i have the the x axiom so i have like an m audio i have so many things i have so much things i've ignored i've all sorts of things i've picked up over the years so there's no... <laughs> i just yeah. have like the mini version and i'm already intimidated by that i'm like how do people even know what to press uh so yeah but i mean it's it's easy like you said like there's so many online courses out there and there's so many you know youtube tutorials and everything um and I mean, that's kind of where I like the last four years kind of fell into. And so that's why I now created the members area that kind of outsources everything. It's like, okay, you want to be a producer? This is the best online course. You want to be a good singer songwriter? Here's the best online course with a book or resource and whatnot. So I wish I had that when I started because now it's the opposite. You're like flooded with information that you don't even know where to start or one person has this opinion, the other one, oh, no, that's stupid. You should be doing this. And it's like, Wow, freak out moment you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> absolutely i agree yeah so that, that's cool that you kind of like you know figured it out what and like hung in there like i i assume like your passion had to be like so big or so strong to like get through that because i feel like a lot of people like they try and then like oh it's not for me and then they like do something else or they try it for a couple of months and then they're like oh it's too hard it's not what i imagine it to be I, I think of myself as really um i suppose i think of myself as really like prag pragmatic or i think of it almost like engineering i got asked in an interview before about like uh, how i was so creative or something and I, it's funny because i actually don't think i'm very creative which is uh, some people might be like what but to me it's um it's all about patterns and it's technique and it's uh, it's the same thing as like uh, taking a piece of wood and just sculpting from it um yeah. 
And I know that's probably creative, but it's also a technique. So like there's, I'm making something rather than it's making something actually is what, um, and maybe that is the definition of creative, but, uh, I don't know it, to me, it's kind of, there's a process and it's, it's the comfort in the process and like developing a process and creating something from that process is what it is to me in all aspects of music, I think. Um, like if I'm listening, like as a session musician, if I'm working for someone else, if I'm playing piano for someone else, I'll break it down very quickly in my head. Um, like I'll just have a map. I, it'll be like a very logical map of the track, but I'll get that down and very quickly the moment I hear it. And um, yeah, then I have it after that, then it's just compartmentalized. And then you've got certain variations you can do depending on like what the style of the track is or the tempo of the track is, but you've got like a chord map in your head and that's yeah. it, you know? Mm. Yeah, I think systems are important. I mean, that's, I've been, I'm reading a book, it's called Atomic Habit, Atomic Habits by James Cure. I think it's a book that everyone's read or is reading or whatnot. And I'm like, oh, it's just hyped up and blah, blah. And now I've read, I'm reading it and he he's big on systems. He's like, you know, goals give you a direction, but systems actually, you know, get you there consistently, right? It's like cleaning a room is a goal, but that doesn't change you as a person of being clean and keeping the room clean. Like if you have a system in place it will continuously keep your room clean, right? But and I think that's the same as musicians. We have this goal of, I want, I don't know, 10,000 streams on Spotify or something. But if you have a system in place, it will you know, get you that consistently or um, it's just different. And I think that's, um, you know, that's what, what I've been noticing that like su successful musicians or people in general do, they have systems in place. And so I thought that was very interesting that you brought that up. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's kind of for your sanity as well. Like, um, I think when you're starting out, you're very, I'm not very, um, I don't really care that much about the other side. Of, like I probably should care about it more. I kind of care more about the creating process and mm -hmm. I make the stuff and then kind of comes to the release and I'm uh I don't really kind of know what to do sometimes I'm like god what do I do here uh, I'm more interested in just the making it and then once it's out it's out being honest I think music has changed so much like uh, I've been kind of coming up with this theory in the past couple of months in particular like with Thousand Beasts for instance um with Thousand Beasts, I did a remix for a girl called Elaine Malone from, from Cork here. Like maybe that came out in like November or something. And I dropped my first EP last summer on a French label called Unity. And I, I started Thousand Beasts because I was working with different publishers as a, as a producer and as a songwriter. And I was working with loads of different publishers in kind of 2016, 2017. And I was coming across all this really good talent in Ireland right. and some in London too, um, who were brilliant vocalists, but like they didn't have a project or they mightn't have like the money just be starting out or whatever. And I wanted to be a producer and uh, I was like trying to figure out how do I become a producer? And I was like, do I email like studios or what? And I decided probably the best thing I could do is just create an actual portfolio of tracks. And that's what 1000 Beasts was at the start. It was like me producing songs with different people on every release and they were the beasts. So that's why it's 1000 Beasts. And that was the concept. And it started off where I was making like kind of electro pop stuff. It, the problem with it at the start was it all depended who I was collaborating with. So mm -hmm. yep. one of the first tracks I put out did really well, um, kind of by accident. It was with a girl called Janet Grogan, who's amazing. Uh, she's a Dublin singer and like she did really well on the X Factor in England. And it was a real pop kind of electro pop song. It did really well. It was brilliant. Yeah. Um, but it probably did too well because it kind of gave me the illusion that like, oh, maybe this is going to work out. So yeah. I kind of blindly kind of stumbled on and kept putting out a few more songs. And then I kind of had to turn around at the end of 
uh, just before the pandemic, kind of middle of 2019. And I was kind of like, what am I doing here? Because I had a f- I had six or seven songs out, but they were all kind of different genres. I didn't feel like there was anything consistent. So I couldn't kind of pull a live show together. I don't sing. Mm-hmm. So it was like, hang on, hang on. And I got uh, I got new management at that time. And I kind of had to go, what is it I want to do here? And what do I, what direction do I want to take 1000 Beasts in? And around that time, then around the kind of autumn, winter 2019, just before the coronavirus struck, I kind of put the head down and I changed the way I produce music. So before I would go into a room with someone with nothing, just my laptop, and I would normally like sit down at the piano, kind of get some beats on the go and take it from there. But yeah, I always yeah. found that if I did that, I ended up writing something that was very much in the style of the singer, because that's the type of person I am musically. I, I'll accommodate who I'm working with. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think when it came to the, the way I changed my process was I started coming up with instrumentals. So now I'd start producing like one minute, two minute, three minute instrumentals and I'd call them vibes and I'd put them up on a Spotify playlist or a SoundCloud playlist, sorry. And then I just send that out to anybody I wanted to work with. So I get onto my management and I'd be like, I want to work with this person, Uh, send them these tracks or send them these tracks. And then if someone got back to me, and was like, oh, I really like this vibe. I'm like, sweet, you know, come up with a top line for it. Let's meet up. Let's work like that. And if not and then I could send it to someone and they're like oh there's nothing here for me I'm like that's no worries I'll hit you up in six months time when I have some more stuff there might be something that'll suit you but that way I could guarantee that the sound of 1000 beasts would be cohesive and that the tracks would be cohesive yeah. um because it was me with a top line on it as opposed to like writing a song for it the way I was doing it the other way was I was basically producing a track for other people and kind of putting them in another thing so that's what I did and I did that for the first EP which came out last year and that did super the big the big our big single off that was Tokyo that's like done super we're over half a million streams at least on, on a it different and it's page been... i think it's called right on a different page the yeah on a different page which is one of the lyrics from one of the tracks and um yeah it, it was super and that was last summer and coronavirus happened in 20 like march 2020 and we were planning on doing like loads of live shows because we built this amazing live set and yeah. then coronavirus happened so that all stopped and i just wrote an album i basically within three or four months i pulled together all the beats i had all the different kind of ideas got together with some collaborators and at the end of the day i had 20 something i had over 20 tracks and uh the initial thought was oh we'll do this as a um, the initial thought was that we do it as a as a kind of a two album or like two EPs or something. And I was like, nah, let's just put it all in one album. And I just cut some of the songs that didn't feel like they fitted on the album. Mm. And that's it. And then we're there. So the first track from that. Uh, yeah, the first one I released was in in March, uh, March 2021. And uh, I've just been releasing them all year. And the full thing is going to come out next March. So that's the plan. Yeah, so it's like in a year that well not quite a year but like yeah so what are we at now we're in september actually it's funny because i had i had the thing finished from like november 2020 but then there was kind of it was all the kind of the music side of business things so we were trying to get a distribution deal for it and like there was lots of people interested but because music industry has become so numbers based now there was a there was a lot of interest and they're like oh this is great but the numbers aren't there we're getting a lot of the numbers aren't there yada 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 yeah. and i was kind of saying 
let's just put it out. I don't care. I was like, just put out the song. I was like, I believed in like the music. I just think put the music out, it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, we did that with the first track for you and I. Eventually, we put it out in March when we probably should have put it out like November, a couple of months before, mm-hmm. but we put it out in March. And at the moment we put it out, it immediately, like within a week or something, had about 100,000 streams. So we were like, we then we've got loads of distribution offers. And since wow. then, yeah, so that, sometimes you can, is it kind of a fact, just, you know, yeah, there, there's a saying, isn't there? Some people say like, what is it? Aim and or shoot first, then aim, as opposed to like aim and then shoot. Isn't it just, just go and do it. And like, you can figure it out along the way. Mm. And I, I, I I'm a perfectionist, so I'm always trying to make everything perfect. But sometimes I just have to stop and be like, just do it. You'll figure it out. You can't make it perfect before you get it going, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, 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 I have to tell myself that because I'm like, okay, don't wait until it's perfect because then I'll never finish. Because, like I said, you're always growing, you're always learning. Um, at least that's what I always strive for, right? It's, I don't, I, for me, the worst thing someone could say is like, oh, you haven't changed a bit. Like if I would have met up with a, like an old friend of mine after like two or three years and they're like, oh, you haven't changed a bit. I'd be like, I feel offended because I'm like that man, I didn't grow as a person and, uh, or a musician or whatever that is. I don't want to be in the same place um, I was five years ago. So hopefully like if I listen to my songs now that I wrote two years ago, I can't cringe because I'm like, oh, what did I do? Because that meant I, I, I grew, right? If I'd be like, oh yeah, cool, like then I no, then <laughs> I haven't been growing. So you now I get, I think that's where a lot of musicians kind of get stuck in that balance between, okay, how long do I hold on to this and make it the best I can in this moment, but not too long to like make it per- perfect, which will never happen anyway. And then kind of it dies and the, you know, they called it the, what is it? Uh, the, the, uh, the external hard drive uh, graveyard, right? <laughs> that's, that's what they call it. Um, Cause you never released it. And so I think that's like a really cool example to be like, you know what, if we wait, if we sit on this any longer, it's just going to die on the hard drive. Right. And what's the good of that? So just like, let it go <laughs> absolutely yeah i totally agree it's it's uh you've got to yeah there i mean there's there's merits to both you have to like i, I don't put out everything i do there's some tracks i yeah. do and like i might finish them and i'll be just like mm, it's not because the way i think music has gone now i think it's i think of thousand beasts kind of within the past maybe like 10 11 months as a youtube channel even though it's not a youtube channel i try and run it like a youtube channel now so like and that's my aim where like we release music regularly and it's like a consistent vibe and it's a consistent kind of energy and you can have differences within that the next track i'm bringing out i actually just announced that the next track i'm bringing out on friday is with a spoken word artist so like it's it's a a poem it's an instrumental with a poem like it's not a song and but it still falls under the umbrella and it, it is a body of work but i like to think of it in terms of, i think it's really important to think in terms of projects so like be it an ep or an album or a mixtape but yeah. then spread it out and like build a vision over a longer period because mm-hmm. someone might find you on the first track and then stick with you for the whole thing or they might find you on the very last track mm-hmm. but the thing is like i'm releasing music now and I know I'll release more music in six months time and some someone might hear a track I've released in six months time and then they'll go and find my back catalog and be like oh I really like all this stuff and then they become a fan so that's kind of the way I think of it and 
with like Spotify algorithms and stuff. I'm lucky. Um, the the remix I did for Elaine Malone, that you remix when I, when I put that out last November or whatever, it just took off on Spotify and Spotify loved it. And every Monday, the algorithm just like keeps introducing it to new fans. And off the back of that, I have very good like Discovery Weekly. So now I know if I just put out a track, even if it doesn't do well at the start, it like will always keep reaching new fans and I'll keep getting messages even weeks and months later from people being like, oh, I discovered the song. I really like the song or whatever. So that's kind of the way I think it needs to be run anyway. Yeah, no, it's cool because like music like that is evergreen, right? In marketing, we call it uh, evergreen. You, you, you make it once and then you can distribute it forever to everyone like that's like the ideal goal is you know not have to remaking like you know remake it all the time like obviously you later on you can make a remix out of that and kind of get the the flow going again and stuff but um that's the cool thing about music going digital is you you just put it out there and then it's evergreen and everyone's like like you said like the key is consistency and I know that because I'm really bad at it and that's something I want <laughs> to change and it's I'm it's in the making of changing that uh, but with any social media platform with any like Google or uh, or YouTube or whatever it is search engines it's all about consistency it's uh, if you are there on a consistent basis like they will push you further because you're bringing the attention to the people, to the listeners, to the fans, because they know you'll show up. It's not going to be like a one-time thing and then uh, kind of thing. So yeah, I think consistency is like really important. Yeah, and I, I agree. The thing is, myself. it makes it hard to, to be where people find that hard. And this is an issue then because you get like the TikTok generation, okay? And you'll get like the TikTok. I, I work with, a, as a session musician, I work for with an Irish guy, two Irish guys, one called Robert Grace and one called Ryan Mack. And both of those guys have had massive success on TikTok. Mm. Now, that is like a different demographic. That's taken like mainly targeting kind of teenagers and younger people. But the oh. output of that is just like so quick they they have to put out like something every day on tiktok mm-hmm. and like that doesn't work for a thousand beasts it, it just thousand beasts wouldn't work like that it takes me too long to make the music and i'm more focused on even though it's probably not the best way i know you could probably like grow your audience much faster and bigger if you did it that way but uh for me it's for a thousand beasts it's about finding my niche and like this is my genre and I, like i say to people like if it's not for you, it's not for you. That's fine. Like yeah. there's in Ireland, there's 5 million people in Europe. There's whatever, 450 million people. Uh, like I can guarantee you without ever introducing my music to any of those 450 million people, I can guarantee you there's a million people will like it. Uh, yeah. I just have to find them and give it to them, you know, and that means 44 million mightn't like it, but that doesn't matter. Um, that really doesn't matter, you know? That's we a, have a really big, good point. Yeah. We have a big intention, like, and I, I, it annoys me a lot because a lot of people are like, oh, you could like, get massive numbers and stuff. I'm like, yeah, you could get massive numbers, but um, what are you trying to do? Are you just trying to be popular or are you trying to make art, you know? And yeah. you, there's a difference between, like, being successful doing something you want to do and being successful doing something that, like, doesn't suit you. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I know from working as a producer for other people that there's a lot of people like trying to play this TikTok game thing and they're yeah. very they're very miserable <laughs> because they spend a lot of time inside on their own, spending all day making TikToks and then they get very yeah. stressed about it. And yeah, I don't know. It doesn't feel very healthy. So now uh, Tony Robbins says success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. So he's like, there are yeah. a lot of successful people out there, but they drive the, the Ferrari, Maserati and live in like L.A. in their fancy whatever um but if you don't feel fulfilled 
at the end of the day, you know, that's why they take drugs. That's why they fall oh. into that alcohol. Like this, we could talk uh, hours just on this topic, but it's because they don't feel fulfilled. They thought that what they were going after would make them happy and all that, but that's, you don't feel fulfilled at the end of the day. And I think that's a, a really good point that you brought up um, because you can spend so much time on like the likes and the comments and, you know, all that stuff and trying to keep up. But really like the thing is when you really niche down and you know your audience and you focus on your audience, you don't need to fill an arena to make decent money. <laughs> like I've interviewed people like Chris Bradley on here and she's making six figures as a producer and she's in no way a household name. And she's worked with like Warner Brothers and like big companies. And because she niched down, like you don't need to reach those millions of people. You do not need, like it says, if you have 100 super fans, like die hard super fans that will buy anything you put out, basically, um, you can quit your day job just with Yeah, and it's, that's it. it really is. And that's kind of the big decision that I made with my own project with Thousand Beasts at yeah. whatever, 18 months ago. It was like, okay, because let's stop chasing after like doing everything everybody said you should do and just actually make the music you want to make and yeah. you'll figure it out. And it's like, it takes time for, now I get a lot of young artists coming to me looking for me to produce stuff for them and stuff. Yeah. And it takes time for people to figure out what it is they want to do. It definitely took me time to figure out what 1000 yeah. beats was going to be and what it was. But again, just like get it going and you'll figure it out. Yeah. Like nothing is ever perfect. You can adjust it after. But yeah, I totally agree. There's a handful of people in the world will like make the, the, the handful of people turn into the Rihanna's or the Billie Eilish's or whatever. Yeah. Um, But that is not for everybody, but there is yeah. definitely plenty of space for niches. Like, there's so many niches, particularly with the internet. Yeah. I mean, there's so much room and I think you, there's, there's no need to be in that starving artist mentality anymore. Like there, there's room. It's usually because we don't know how to market or we don't know how to niche down or we don't know how to like communicate the value of our music to other people. Um, and we're more of a me, me, me and take, take, take mentality rather of a service-based uh, mentality. Be like, okay, how can I help? How can I serve with my music or production or Stuff like that when you go out there and you change their mentality it's like how can i serve this person how can i help this producer how can i give rather than how can i take uh what can i take then it just shifts the entire thing like that's what the entire podcast is based on and it's doing really well way better than i thought it would but it's because i changed it changed the mind shift to okay instead of what can i take what can i give what do musicians need um or producers need and how can i help that and um, so, yeah, that's what you've been doing with 1000 Beasts. And that was like the main thing that made me want to reach out because I'm like, nice, we need more people like you that is just like <laughs> being out there and just like, just doing it, just do it, stop, you know. It's hard though, it is very, I'm like, you do spend a lot of time doubting yourself is the wrong thing. Don't, I don't doubt myself, but it's, um, there's things you want to do. Like it's, again, it, it's, yeah. it's, like being you want to be and i agree with everything you said there but you got to serve people but at the same time thousand beasts for me is is art like it is at the end of the day it's not entertainment it's art and like there is a critical yeah, yeah, difference yeah. between the two and i feel in entertainment it's very focused towards serving and if you want to be there's a lot of people i've met and they want to be really successful entertainers they just mm -hmm. but they call themselves artists and yeah. they'd be much better off if they thought of themselves as entertainers and they could probably be more successful if they thought of themselves as entertainers. Yeah. Being an artist is much harder because you you have to try and 
I mean, convince people that your art is worth something to them. And there's a million ways. I'm sure you have way better ideas of how to do that than I do. But you, you like, I will create stuff and then I will have music ready to go. And it'll be, hmm, now how the hell am I going <laughs> to, what do I do now? Like, do you know, when it comes to like artwork and all sorts of stuff, and you're like, yeah. right, I need to like, figure, and it's very hard when it's you as an, like, I find it quite hard when it's just me as an individual. I mean, yeah. I'm sure from the outside looking in, there's probably a very like clear, this is what 1000 Beasts is. But mm. to me, because it's me, it's so personal, I haven't a clue. Um, I find that hardest part of all, like, especially if you're trying to like brand yourself, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. hard. <laughs> such an awful word brand yourself but like I, yeah. so i just try not to think about it and just i i have this rule of like just don't be cringe don't do anything like cheesy just be honest and it'll be fine like yeah. you know yeah no i feel that i i think i've like rebranded at the podcast so many times and like changed the direction kind of always like tweaking it a little bit like okay i'm almost there i'm almost there like always kind of like okay what is the podcast really about like so like that and i'm still you know figuring it out i think we all yeah, but you'll never be there like it's it's you never get there it's always the journey it's the journey like you got that's why you've got to enjoy the journey and that's why the young people that are miserable doing tiktoks aren't happy because you, it's yeah. you don't it's not like we're kind of told like you get there and then your success and it's the yeah. golden gate to heaven it doesn't really work like that you just gotta enjoy the process yeah. like i love sitting like i have a rule at the moment where i kind of sit down at least one because i'm busy doing freelance work and like yeah. lots of other things and like promoting this album and stuff mm. and um uh, I have a rule that like I'll sit down at least one day this week one day a week and produce something new like produce another beat or another vibe another instrumental or like mm-hmm. something that can go into the catalog that I can send out to more artists in the future when I want to collaborate yeah. them because yeah. I like I'm halfway through the release of the first album so I'm mm-hmm. getting the second album in place at the moment and like I just love it I love sitting down for three or four hours and just like mm-hmm. you know traipsing through all sorts of things and like finding ideas and um, when I sit down and do it, it it happens really quick and that's great it's the yeah so I think that's you have to enjoy that if you don't enjoy that process then what's the point exactly thank you thank you <laughs> nothing to add there yeah. uh, I I had a one one question that um because you did the the first of all congrats on like doing the Dublin New Year's festival like twice in a row that's yeah. a big big deal um uh, and then and when I I, I kind of watched the trailer that you put out or um on uh the what is the second account called uh i just call it produced by kian yeah that's the one uh so i I saw like the snippet i'm like holy cow like that is such a big deal for like there were two questions i'm like is there at any point where you kind of freak out and you're like this is too big like how i'm gonna handle this or is it like oh challenge accepted kind of thing that gig might look like it was massive, but it really wasn't. I didn't do, I didn't do it. Like to me, I did, it, that wasn't hard. I, I uh, there, there was a massive team involved in that because there's obviously like the fireworks team and yada, yada, yada. But like yeah. there was a guy called, um, there's a famous band from Ireland called the Saw Doctors uh, and the, the old drummer from the Saw Doctors. These are a really famous band from Ireland. The drummer runs a production company called Arcana and they do that Dublin New Year's Festival. And that goes out on television in Ireland every yeah. New Year's Eve. And uh, he just reached out to me to do basically the, the production, the music production for it. So it's great. I just went up to Dublin with him. Um, I went up to, it was in a hotel room, actually. We just went, I met him in a hotel and uh, he had a hotel room. So I just brought up the laptop and we sat down for three or four hours. And I was kind of like, what are you looking for? And he was like, this is what I'm looking for. And I was like, sweet. And I just started like pulling stuff together. And like, I find it very easy when I... I think communication is essential when it comes to music production. If you're working as a freelancer, um, 
Yeah, especially because, if there's so many people involved in the project, I think it gets even harder. Yeah, you just have to be able to communicate really well. And to be, yeah. you have to be confident that like, like I say to lots of people, like I'm going to throw 20 ideas at, at you and 19 of them are going to be terrible. And tell me the ones you don't like, don't worry about offending me because yeah. I have no yeah. emotional attachment to these things. Like <laughs> we will get there much quicker if you tell me what you do and don't like. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to take it personally. I won't be offended. Uh, it's just, I need to figure out what it is you want so I can um... give that to you. Um, that, so that's yeah that's that's the way i view these projects that, that type of thing doesn't scare me no not at all um the scariest thing i ever did was my first gig my first gig was my first big like piano gig as a session pianist was with a group called the celtic tenors who yeah. um were signed to sony in germany and maybe virgin out of australia or something they were doing a canadian tour and I knew their regular pianist, their main musical director, and he got sick about five days before they were just about to do a North American tour. Oh and uh, he, I just got the call and um, <laughs> I flew to Vancouver like three or four days later. And the first show was that night and I'd, ne I'd never played with them before. Oh. Yeah, that so was no normal. band rehearsals, like nothing. No, just some stuff that some in the sound check. <laughs> Holy cow! Talk about stressful situation, you know. It wasn't though. You learn. I'd never. I've heard of pianists do this, and like really famous old school pianists, people like Glenn Gould and stuff, who did this in the past, where they could practice in their head. And I had never done that. I didn't understand that concept when I was in college. But when you're in, when I was there, I had to figure out because I didn't have time in front of a piano. Like I had. 11 hours in a plane or whatever um so i was like okay how am i going to practice i'd like look at the music and just visualize i was like what will i do here this is what i'll do there this is what i'll do and again just systemize it break it down like yeah. that's my i don't know my my inner autistic or whatever it is kind of just breaking it down and being like this is what i'm gonna do wow. but yeah it's fine i think loads of people that's i mean that's not the end of the world it's just a look at the end of the day it's just a gig <laughs> yeah but i still i mean that's like a high pressure like stress kind of situation to like put yourself your body your mind into be like, like oh no biggie like they're only i don't know how many people watching <laughs> um, yeah it was in a theater so there's probably about a thousand people that night but like when you're doing like it's but like when you're playing it like theater gigs are funny because uh the lights go on and that's it and like sorry when the lights go on you can't see anything so you're yeah. just on your own you may as well be playing to no one then. The only time you think of the lights is when the show's <laughs> over. The lights come on and everybody stands up at the end. You're like, yeah. oh, there's people there the whole time, you know? <laughs> is there uh what is there a skill that if you went to bed tonight and you woke up to morning, uh the next morning, that you could do perfectly? Like without you just woke up and you could perfectly do this skill, what would it be? God, there's so many. Yeah, it's <laughs> it can be really anything that's related to music it would it would be interpersonal for, for a start absolutely like without a shadow of doubt it i would say communication but i would probably say digital communication i feel like i'm very good at communicating in the old school way like talking to people meeting people um probably online networking or like online branding or maybe actually in-person networking sometimes you can be intimidated when you don't know some sometimes like i don't know someone and i might want to work with them and yeah. you can just be really intimidated and be like oh i don't want to message them oh what if they don't say yep. i should 
that's how I feel every day when I'm like messaging people like musicians yeah. for the podcast I'm terrified do it, every time you do it you do you do message them and that's essential and I think uh, sometimes I think I should probably just chance my arm more I've I've a great friend uh here in Cork he's a songwriter and uh, he's brilliant he's a brilliant songwriter and he's he's based in London now and he's working with loads of really talented people but he's from West Cork and uh West Cork is not too far from here but it's kind of the countryside and people from West Cork are known as chancers so yeah. I'm not sure if you know what a chancer is but it's like just someone who totally takes a chance on it they'll just they try their arm at everything and yeah. he will just message like it doesn't matter if it's Lewis Capaldi he'll just like slide into the DMs and be like hey man how's it going want to do a session like it does not matter and he's so yeah. good at it and uh he will I don't know how he does it. it's just brazen and um there's nothing to stop anybody from doing that i i just i don't know it's it just seems to work for him I, like i i never knew him <laughs> i was making music and releasing music and he yeah. wanted to become a songwriter and he just messaged me and without sounding too arrogant like i do get messages every now and again into the dms of people yeah. being like oh i'd love to work with you whatever and a lot of the time they're terrible or they might have no background and like it's it would be there's I couldn't go through them all like it's a waste of time but for some reason Bill's message to me stood out and I just met him for a cup of tea I don't know why and that was that I was became good <laughs> friends with him. yeah he'd no background or anything but I don't know what what he even said but I just had one look at him I was like yeah I'll meet you for a cup of tea absolutely no worries nice. the rest is history yeah it's it's I don't know why it is always so terrifying but you know once you do it I would like to say it gets easier but it doesn't at least for me it doesn't feel that way like every time I, uh, that's why I just do voice recordings most of the time. Cause I'm like, okay, I can just talk for a minute. I can do that rather than like message forever. Like, and I, I feel a voice memo also feels more personal, but it just, does. It definitely a voice memo is, it does feel like the problem with voice memos is sometimes it can be hard to listen to them because you might be in the middle of something, but I, yeah. it, a voice memo because text is a terrible method of communication. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but um, for my last question, because I know I want to I keep <laughs> want to uh, honor your time. Uh, but for my last question that I like to ask everyone in closing is what makes a good song for you? Man, what a question. So I'm actually not much of a lyric guy, amazingly. Uh, uh, I, <laughs> I know almost like 90% of people listen to music for the lyrics. I yeah. don't. I I, I do. I'm a lyric person. <laughs> yeah, I listen to it for the the and I have written a lot of songs in the past and I actually don't really enjoy the lyric. The lyric writing process is the only part of songwriting that I don't like doing. Um I can do it and when I do do it, I feel like I'm not bad at it, but it's it takes a lot of energy for me to do it or something. I find it it's very exhausting. Um whereas music I've, I really enjoy making the music. I just love making the music. Um so a song that's interesting to me is something that is has just a unique timbre and stands out on its own normally it has something interesting it actually i know exactly what it is i'm interested in music that i don't understand Ooh, wow <laughs> it's always something that i don't understand so if i like something it's because i don't understand it normally so i've i'm of obsession with a few bands uh like i love kruangbin uh i i don't their guitarist is a genius. Um, I don't know if you know them. There's the three piece from Austin, Texas. They make like, or they're from Houston, apologies, but they make a uh, kind of very stripped, chill kind of music with just a bass guitar and uh, and drums. And 
the guitarist can just pick up these beautiful melodies and voicings and it's just all incredibly done and the, the mix is stunning and I don't understand how they make it that good. Uh, another band I love are Men I Trust right. and the Men I Trust do nothing complicated like they're so refined and tasty and uh, they just use beautiful simple textural em- elements and like they have a lovely female vocal it's just gorgeous and then there's other things that i'm like how do they do that or what is that or i've never heard i like i loved flume when i was younger because i think i didn't understand how to make music like flume so i was like how do you make that type of music (laughs) i think that's i think i love music i don't understand rhythm is really important though is it like i obviously love stuff that has like a great feel to it yeah and and something that's like if something has an interesting chord progression, again, I'll be drawn to it because I'd be like, oh, what's that? Like 90% of the songs use the same, like three or four chords. Yeah. And because I'm so used to playing music, I can, mm-hmm. like people are like, oh, how can you figure it out so quickly? I'm like, the same chords used over and over again. It's the same. It's the same one. So when I hear something like that, it bores me, being honest. I find that quite boring. And if there's something interesting there, I'm like, oh. Yeah. So the big thing I'm like the big thing that was interesting to me for the past couple of months was like when you take a, a chord but you you play a different bass note underneath it. So like if you're in the key of like C, you put yeah. a D in the bass over a C major. So yeah. just like something like that, and it, you can all and you can just go mad with that. You can do crazy by doing that. You can open up. I mean, they're technically like you're talking about elevens and kind of sus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I um, love major sevens. That's like. I don't know. Ever since I got introduced to a ma- major seven chord, I'm just like, oh yes. I don't know. No, the next like... time you play a C major seven, just put a D under the bass, and then yeah. you're kind of away with the high, and then you kind of get these mad, yeah. So that's that's what that's what music I like. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a that's a good thing of what makes a good song for me. Stuff that I'm like, oh, I don't understand that. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I love. It's so interesting because I I almost always ask this question at the end, and it's always a different answer, and I love it. It's so <laughs> So um, for people that want to check you out, that want to know where to find your stuff, your music, your projects, go hit us with all the good. 1000 Beasts is my output. So that's just 1000 Beasts. And uh, you can, it's just at 1000 Beasts, be it on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram um, or Spotify. You can get it there too. Um, I maintain my Instagram. I don't really keep up my, I'm terrible at maintaining my Twitter and Facebook. But uh, yeah, and that's where you can listen to the 1000 Beasts stuff. Um, it's kind of, how would I describe it as kind of like soul-tronic-y, kind of like down-tempo, soul-tronic-y kind of stuff. A little bit of like indie, alt-electronica, R&B-ish, I suppose. There's a few tags and genres in there. And <laughs> if anybody wants to get in touch with me about music production or like yeah. playing for them or piano or anything like that, I have another page which is called Produced by Kean, and that's basically just for all my freelance work. And that's where, that's the day job, as they say. So I split between the two. That's me. <laughs> Yeah. So when when's the album coming out? So you said like March next year. Do, yeah, the album. Yeah, it'll probably be the first week of April next year. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, but you'll always like we just talked about. You'll always bring out music consistently. So there's always. Yeah, I'm. I have plans for what I'll do next. I'll do, I'm going to think I'm going to do. A, I won't say who, but I have uh, plans for an a, an EP, a collaboration EP with someone that will drop maybe this time next year or something like straight after the album yeah. and while I'm doing see while I'm doing that like over the next eight or nine months I'll probably work on the second album so once that EP is out once the album is out and then the collaboration EP then I'll drop the second album in 2020 when's that 23 geez that's a long time away so yeah 
Well, well I, I get know some it gigs. happens faster than you think. Yeah. yeah, the gigs is what I want to do now. I want to get the live show up and running and get some gigs on the go. So that's yes. the aim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there aren't any lined up right now. No, we've, we can't do gigging here in Ireland yet. We're only kind of just coming back and stuff. Same, stuff. same. It takes forever until we finally get to do stuff. But anyways, uh, yeah. So everything is 1,000 beat, beasts. I always thought it was beats, but it's beasts. <laughs> Everybody thinks it's beats. Yeah, no, it's beasts. B-E-A-S. Yeah, no. So beasts. Beasts and the beasts, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. and the beasts. Exactly. There you go. So everything will be linked up below so everyone will be able to find you. I had no trouble finding your stuff. It's very easy. As soon as you put in 1,000 and then a B, it usually pops up. So Woo, that's great. <laughs> uh, so that's good. So yeah, thank you for being on here. Um, I really appreciate your time. And um, I just want to acknowledge you for doing such good work and putting out great music and yeah i'm just a fan otherwise (laughs) i wouldn't have you on so thank you so much thank you and do keep in touch absolutely thank you so much for listening to the musician secrets podcast i appreciate your time because you could literally be doing a bazillion other things right now but you're here with me so thank you if you want you can scroll all the way to the bottom and leave a comment on how you're liking the podcast what you've learned and things you've even implemented that have helped you out as a little thank you, I put together a free members area with all my best resources, books, podcasts, and online courses about everything you need to know as an independent musician, from producing to songwriting to marketing to building a home studio, all the good stuff. All you have to do is either click the link below or go to elisecoa.com free. I'll see you on the other side. Bye! Lost on the round now, lose track of a fast gonna fall.